So as you guys know, um, we, we're in this series, um, Death to Life, and in you know, Colossians 1.13, we shared this the last couple of weeks, it says, He has, He has, that's good news right there, He has, that means that He's already done it, right? It's a done work. He has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of His beloved Son. So as you sit right here, you have to realize that this isn't something, in the, in the eyes of God, in, in, the, in the spiritual realm, this is something that has already taken place. You are in the kingdom of Jesus. You are no longer in the, in the dominion of darkness. And we now have to learn to live life according to the kingdom of life in the, the, the kingdom of Jesus, rather than the fallen, broken system of the of dominion of darkness. Amen? In Romans chapter 6, verse 23, it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And we've said this many times, and, but eternal life does not begin when you go to heaven. Eternal life begins when you meet Jesus. When you meet Jesus, eternal life is already alive in you. The life of God, the Zoe life of God is in you, in your spirit. And as you guys know, you are a spirit. And if you're a believer, if you're a Christian, that spirit has been born again. It says... um, that the old man has passed away and all things have become new in Christ Jesus. You are a spirit that has a soul. What is your soul? You guys know this? Your mind, your will, your emotions. The problem with our minds is that we have been taught how to live in this fallen system, in this kingdom, this dominion of darkness, rather than how to live the way that God designed humanity to live. This is not the world that God intended. We are not living the lives that God intended. Right? You can see what God intended before the fall, and you can see what God intends at the second coming of Christ, when all things are done, done away with. Right? That is God's true intent. That's God's true will for your life. And as, as we're in this world, um, we have the ability to reap or earn the wage of sin, or we can learn to live in the life of God. And how do we do that? Through the renewing of our minds, the transforming of our minds, to start thinking and seeing the way that God sees us and the way that God thinks. You can be a Christian and going to heaven, but you're still reaping hell on earth. God does not want your life on earth to be hell. Just like any father, just like any mother, does not want their child to go through hell on earth. Neither does your heavenly father desire that for his children. Right? And as a parent, why do our children reap hell? Or consequences, think, um, suffering because of their choices, right? 
And if we can understand that as a parent, it should give us insight on how God deals with us. He desires good for us, but our choices lead us either to life or to death in, the, in this life, right? And we've been talking the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about how um, we've been looking at these things that we need to walk away from to leave a way of thinking and seeing the world um, that is leading to death and start walking into the life that God intended for us. And the very first one we looked at, we looked at idolatry, right? And I suggest you go back and, and, and revisit these. The second one we looked at is pride. So many people are just filled with pride when it comes to God, when it comes to others, and it, and it keeps them locked in a place where the grace of God cannot reach, reach them. It can affect them. And today we're going to be looking at identity. In James chapter 1, verse 23, it says, For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. There is only one place that humanity can find their true identity. There are only one, one place that humanity can truly find their identity, and that's in Christ Jesus. But how are we to know what this identity is to look like? We, we find our identity in Christ, but now how, 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 does, how does Christ look? We find that, as James, the half-brother of Jesus, tells us, it can be found by hearing the Word of God and acting on what we hear. There's a big difference between, as Pastor Tom led into it this morning, that, that there's a big difference between just hearing the Word of God and not being a doer of the Word of God. Hearing what God says about you and then not acting out, acting your, living your life in a way that, that uh, um, complements or lines up with who God says you're, you are. See, it seems too, that too, too many have lost their identity. And I'm talking about those that are in the church. We can always, already see in our culture how the identity is being twisted and mangled and perverted in our very own culture. But the church itself needs to know who they are. It's as if they forgot as soon as they hear it. One minute they look in the mirror, and the next they forget. Listen to how the voice puts, puts, this, puts this verse. It says, If some fail to do what God requires, it's as if they forget the word as soon as they hear it. One minute they look in the mirror, the next they forget it. Who, they forget who they are and what they look like. However, it is possible to open your eyes and take in the beautiful, perfect truth found in God's law of liberty and live by it. 
If you pursue that path and actually do what God has commanded, then you will avoid the many distractions that lead to an um, amnesia of, of all truth. Things, true, true things, and you will be blessed. I loved how the translator of the voice put that. That if, 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 that if you avoid the many distractions that lead to amnesia of true things. The world is filled with things that are to distract us and it causes us to forget who we truly are in Christ Jesus. We can all relate to, the sto- to stories like this one. Um, you have a couple that's been married for 60 years and uh, unfortunately one the, the, let's just say the the wife, because I don't want it to be me. No, I'm joking. No, the, the, um, has Alzheimer's, right? And and the story, the, these types of stories are are, are are bittersweet because you would not want it to happen to anyone. But at the same time, it just really shows the romance and the love and the commitment and the covenant between two married people. And as as the Alzheimer's progresses in, in the life of, of this man's wife. Um, he gets to where he's no longer able to care for her. And so he puts her in a home to be cared for. But every day, at least once a day, he, he comes and visits her. He visits a person that does not know who he is, nor does she know who she is. But because of his love for her and his commitment towards her, he continues to visit her, bringing her the sweets that she loves, bringing her fruit, um, taking walks with her, and, and, and just being with her. And when I hear these stories like this, sometimes I wonder if this is how Jesus feels. I wonder if Jesus feels this way with his bride. He is he is always present in our lives. He's always there for his beloved, the church. But day after day we forget who he is and who we are in relationship to him. There are many that are loved by God but who have forgotten who he is and who they are. Who are you? Is this, is, this is something that we need to ask ourselves. Who am I? Who am I? How would you describe who you are? See, this is a very important question for us to be able to articulate for us to be able to share, for us to know in the core of our being. Because your answer to this question is identity forming. And therefore, it's life shaping. It's emotional causing. And relationship defining. One of the biggest problems that we have in, re- in relationships, in our emotions, and, and seeing ourselves in life really comes down to not knowing 
who we are or having a false identity or believing a lie of who the world or the dominion of darkness has told us we are. How do you see yourself is your identity. The world talks about identity as self-image, self-esteem. How sad. Aren't you so thankful that your identity does not have to be based on who or what you do? That you have a creator that has created you. You have a creator that's your father. You have a creator and a father that desires for you to know who you are based on who he created you to be, not based on what you think or what you do. As Christians, we know that we are not uh, defined by ourselves, and we do not define ourselves. We find ourselves in relationship to God. Until you find God, you'll truly never know who you were created and meant to be. Scripture is not so much a manual telling us what to do. See, that's what so many people are looking for. They, they, they open up the Bible and they're looking for a, 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 a to-do list. How to live life list. And, it's, and, and can you find those things in there? Yes, but that's not the main point of, the, of Scripture. The main point of Scripture is, first of all, to show you who God is. It's relational. It's to show you who God is. And then, secondly, it's to show who you are in relation to Him. Until you know who you are in relation to Him, you will never live the life that God created you to do, to be. Ever since the original sin, humanity has struggled with the question of their identity. And only by seeing ourselves rightly and biblically between God and the animals do we have both humi- humility and dignity. For scripture, for, from Scripture we can understand who God intended us to be by knowing our position under God as created beings and being humble toward and dependent on God. But also we know our position, our position of dominion over creation. We embrace our dignity as superior to animals and expect more from others and ourselves as God's image bearers. See, that right there, what I just said, is contrary to the vast majority of our culture. That First of all, you are not God. And second of all, you're more valuable than animals. Tell me how twisted our culture is. We raise ourselves up above God and we push ourselves below animals. We need to know who we are in Christ Jesus. You were created by God to glorify Him while on earth. And when you die, if you are in Christ, you will be with God forever. Glorifying Him perfectly. Identity determines not only how you see yourself, but also what you do. The way a person acts, the way a person carries themselves, the way, the way, a way that 
they talk to others, the way that they serve others, the way they walk humbly or pridefully, all of these are indications of their identity, how they see themselves. When you know who you are, you know what to do. Satan declares war on your identity because he knows it's perhaps the surest way to wreck the relationship between you and God. See, Satan himself refused to accept his God-given identity and instead sought to form a new identity apart from God. And he attempts to do the same with us. It's demonic, and it pulls us into the same hell that was created for him. God created you with an identity, and Satan wants you in idolatry and in pride to live our lives in a counterfeit identity. In Genesis 3.1, it says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field and the Lord, that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree of the garden in the garden? See, there was a demonic war on identity. And it's nothing, it's nothing new. It started with humanity's first parents, Adam and Eve. The very first thing that Adam tempted Adam and Eve with is a new identity to choose an identity that was separate from the identity that God had given them. Think about this. Scripture identifies God as a father. And now there's different types of fathers, isn't there? Right? Some have many rules. They're controlling, they're domineering, and demanding. And unfortunately... People see God, when you see, see God as their father, they think of their earthly father that is this way. And as a result, they're not very relational and they're not very much fun. Then there are the fathers that say yes most of the time. They have a few rules. It's very freeing, encouraging, and helpful environment. And as a result, they are very relational and a lot of fun. This is our Father. This is our God. Let me prove it. God told Adam and Eve that all creation was theirs. Everything in creation was theirs. It was yes, yes, free, liberating. Enjoy life to the full. It's all yours. You may surely eat of every tree in the garden. Everything was theirs to enjoy. Everything was there for them and for their benefit except one. God is not a controlling, domineering God. He is not a Father strict and rigid. He is a Father that wants you to have life and life to the full. In Genesis 2.17, But the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. Why should they not eat it? 
Because their loving Heavenly Father that created them and gave them purpose and identity says, For in that day that you eat of it, you will surely die. What is the reason God said not to eat it? Because He did not want death to come upon them. Why does God say the things that He says to us on what we are not to do? Because He loves us and He doesn't want the wages of sin, which is death, to come on our lives. He doesn't want the death of our marriages. He doesn't want the death of our finances. He doesn't want the death of our bodies and our, and our emotions. He doesn't want the death of our culture. He wants life. Our Father said yes to everything but one thing. And He told, told us the reason why. Was because it would hurt us. Dad wants us to live in freedom and joy. And as we've told you before, sin is a prison. Sin is not freedom. It's a demonic prison that holds you captive. It is vital for us to understand the identity of God as a loving, relational, helpful, safe, wise. Live life to the full. I'm for your good. Live your best life. God. Do you know how many people do not know that that's God's true identity? And when you don't understand the identity of God, you cannot understand who you were, your identity and who you were created to be. And they get this false identity of who God is, first and foremost, from religion from pastors and Christians that don't know who God is. And they base God off their own experience, off what they believe, what they would do, instead of what He has done in Christ Jesus. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 4, it says, But the serpent said to the woman, You shall not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God knowing good and evil. See, Satan attacked the true identity of God. How did he attract the true identity of God? God's lying to you. He's he's holding something back from you. He doesn't want the best for you. God is not who He says He is. This is the same tactic that Satan uses to this day. That many Christians believe to this day. Let alone those that are, not, are outside of Christ at this moment. He, represent, he represented God as a dad that's holding back from good from his kids. As a Christian, you must base your identity upon two things. And perhaps these are the two most important things that you can learn from studying the Bible. The number one thing that you need to learn from studying the Bible is who God is really. Who is God? And for us, living this side of the cross, it makes things a lot more simpler. (laughs) Because Jesus says that if you've seen me, 
You've seen the Father. You need to know God as a God that lays down His life, not just for His family, not just for those that love Him, not for those that worship Him. He's a God that lays down His life for His enemies. That's who our God is. I dare you to find another God that is false gods made up by men in this world that says that God dies for His creation. No, they all preach that you need to die for your God. But we have a loving Heavenly Father. We have a loving Heavenly Father that came and rescued us from death. And the second thing, after finding out who God is, and we can know who God is through, through Jesus Christ, is now what, to know who we are in relationship to Him. Who does God say you really are? See, Satan always attacks on these two fronts. He attacks the identity of God and he attacks your identity. Satan offers his counterfeit identity in relation to God and to you. And if you have a wrong view of God or, or who you are in relationship to God, then everything in your life spins out of control just as it did with Adam and Eve. who went from life to death. But God, through Christ Jesus, wants to take us from death to life. One other thing you need to take notice is that Satan wanted them to achieve their identity by rebelling and living apart from God so that you will be like God. Let's look at what God said about their identity just prior to this. I don't have it there. Okay, so just prior to this, what did, what did God say to Adam and Eve? Let's make man in our image. In the image of God, He made them. Both male and female, He made them, right? We were made in the image of God. We were image bearers of God in the earth. So Satan is trying to offer us something that we already possessed. In Luke chapter 4, verse 1, it says, And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God. Do you notice something here? Do you notice something that we just read in the account of Adam and Eve? Satan is attacking Jesus' identity. He's attacking Jesus' identity as the Son of God. Satan was tempting Jesus not to live from the identity that he had just received from his Father. And one of the things that Satan does, the first thing he does, is he, he steals away God's identity as a loving Heavenly Father. He says, if you are the Son of God. That's not what God said. God said, this is my Son. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. See, it's a lot harder for Satan to steal your identity 
if you understand that you are God's beloved. There is no authority in all creation equal or superior to God the Father. When he says Jesus is the Son of God, that is a fact forever. With the Trinity present at Jesus' baptism, the Holy Spirit came down and to empower Jesus to live out His God-given identity the same as He does to, for Christians today. Jesus lived from that identity received from the Father. And He did not work to achieve an identity apart from His Father. He didn't, Jesus didn't live a life to make an identity for Himself. He lived from an identity. So many people think when I get to this, this point, this, this point, this point, then I finally become the person I was born to be. No, you were born to be a person with an identity, and then you live from that identity. That's a huge difference. So many people are not comfortable in their own skin is because they're based their, their identity off their achievements rather than who they were created by in God. Jesus lived from this identity. Before He preached one sermon, performed one miracle, cast out one demon, the Father was well pleased with His beloved Son. And you need to know that for yourself. That your Heavenly Father when, is well pleased with you. In Christ Jesus, your Heavenly Father is pleased for you. Independent and separate from all your good works. From your church attendance. From your Bible reading. From your praying. For all your spiritual disciplines. Your Heavenly Father loves you unconditionally. And it's from that firm foundation of who we are in Christ that we now get to live from. We're not trying to reach an identity in God. We have already been made a new creation in Christ Jesus. You are a child of God. And that identity is secure because God has said it. Because God has said it. You can live with you can live from that identity with joy and gladness, knowing that in your Father's love you are secure. You can now go from death to life. When Satan attacks your identity, you need to remember the following. Your identity is received from God, not achieved by you. Your identity is something you work from not something you work for. Your identity comes from a relationship with God, not from living independently from God. You aren't defined by what has been done to you or by you, but rather by what Jesus has done for you. What you do doesn't determine who you are. Who you are in Christ should determine what you do. That is so good. See, if Satan can get you to believe the opposite, he has corrupted the core of your existence. 
as a child of God. See, demonic forces frequently attack Christians in the area of their identity. Satan is, after all, called the accuser of the brethren. The problem is he doesn't he does it in such a cunning and crafty way that people are unaware when he, he's at work attacking their identity. But when we turn to Scripture, there is an incredibly insightful clue revealed. In the accounts of Adam and Eve and Jesus, when Satan questioned and attacked their identity, Satan, in his subtle behavior, still gives himself away if you watch for it. And if you train yourself to look for it, you can alert, be alerted to when your identity is under attack. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be great that, that self-talk, when things are happening in life, when, and when people are trying to tell you who you are, and, and these, these thoughts, you're driving in your car, you're in the shower, you're alone, and these negative thoughts, these things start coming, wouldn't it be nice to know if, if, if it's what you're thinking, or if, it's what, if you're under attack by the enemy. Wouldn't it be nice to know every time when you're under attack from the enemy so you can just laugh them off so that you can reject them? Well, Scripture tells us that we can know when we're under attack from the enemy every time. When our mind, when our thought life is under attack, we can know what the devil is up to. So do you want to know what that clue is? Would you like to know? I'll come back next week. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no. This right here is going to be worth the price of admission. This is good news. This right here can radically change your life. Here's Satan's tell. When speaking to Adam and Eve, Jesus and you, the demonic realm speaks in the second person in the word you. To Adam and Eve, he said, you will not surely die and you will be like God. When speaking to Jesus, Satan said twice, if you are the Son of God. See, when you speak to yourself, you speak to yourself in the first person pronoun, I. When someone else speaks to you, they use the second person pronoun, you. When a physical being talks to you, they, are, they use the second person. And it's easy to recognize that we are being spoken to by someone else because we can also see them. But when a spiritual being talks to us in the second person, we have to decide if we are hearing from God or the devil and his demons. You understand that? A lot of times people think that they're the ones telling them this stuff. But you don't speak to yourself in you. You speak to yourself in I. So when thoughts come into your mind using the second person pronoun, you know that there is something outside of yourself that is trying to get you 
to receive what they're saying. Sometimes when a demon does speak to us, we can easily overlook the fact that we are being spoken to by a demon because they are unseen. Here are some common examples of Satan's attacks on believers' identity. Tell me if any of these sound familiar. You are worthless. You are a failure. How many times? And you thought you were saying saying it to yourself. You, You got what you deserve. You are hopeless. You're stupid. You are disgusting. You're not a real Christian. God is sick of you. If people knew what you were really like, they would hate you. You are probably going to hell. You should kill yourself. If any of this sounds familiar, you need to know that it's demonic. These are nothing more than counterfeit lies Satan tells to undermine the truth of what God says about you. Our Father does not say things like this to His kids. Unfortunately, too many overlook the demonic and think they are saying these awful things to themselves. They wrongly assume it's negative self-talk or low self-image when the truth is they are being under attack. What's even worse is some people confuse the demonic message as a word from God. Satan loves it when he can convince people to believe that his attack is actually from their Heavenly Father. When you receive a message regarding your identity in the second person, you need to test it by the Word of God. Jesus did this. It is written, right? He kept on saying it is written. And quoting Scripture. Because light always casts out darkness. If you forget this, the enemy, when the enemy attacks, you'll end up as a Christian with spiritual Alzheimer's. You will have a God that loves you. You will have a God that's always present with you every day, day and night, but you will not remember who He is or who you are in Him. Can you see, church, how important our identity is? Can you see this is one of the major issues with our culture and in this world? The way that we treat ourselves, the way that we treat others in relation to how we see ourselves. We live in fear, not in love. Right? We live in envy and jealousy and rage. All of our suffering comes from a lack of identity. From not knowing who God is and knowing who He has created us to be. 
Every day, your identity is under attack. Every day, Satan is trying to get you to believe his lie. Every day, he's using that second pronoun, you, you, you. And he's continually beating you down. Know that he is the accuser of the brethren. And how do we overcome him? By the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And what is our testimony? Our testimony is who we are in Christ Jesus. What the blood of the Lamb accomplished. It's not my testimony of all the good things I've done. No, that's not where my identity found. My testimony is Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. He is my essence. He is who I am. I am in Christ and Christ is in me. I'm not coming out. Amen? I'm forever sealed in Him. I'm made whole in Him. And I'm complete in Him. And that is where I find life. And find life more abundantly. Let your houses be transformed by the identity that you are in Christ Jesus. Let this church be transformed by the body of Christ knowing the identity that is theirs in Christ Jesus. May our communities, our government, our nation, the world be set free from the lies of the enemy to live in the truth of Christ Jesus and the identity of who we are in the kingdom of a loving God. Amen? Amen. I just feel this, this morning as we close in this next song, there are some of you that has a constant attack. Something that is continually beating your mind. I was going to say beating your brains out. Be, beating your mind. It's constantly, it's, con, it's a reoccurring thing. It might be, you're so stupid. You're just so stupid. Why did you do that? Why did you do that? Why did you do that? Or it actually could be, you should just kill yourself. You should be filled with joy this morning to know that that's not you. That's not your Heavenly Father. That's the attack of the enemy. And he's trying to rob. He's trying to kill. He's trying to destroy and you, out of your own mouth, need to say that this is not me. And I will not do this. This is not my identity. And I am secure in Christ. You need to tell the devil your testimony in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank You. We thank You. We thank You that in the midst of our brokenness, in, a, in the midst of of our false identity in the midst of the things that the world has done to try to shape us and mold us into, into their image, Christ comes radiating through. Light shines in the darkness. And we thank You that that same light lives in us through Christ Jesus. We thank You that You have given us Weapons of warfare. You've given us the revelation of Your Word that are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So this morning, we, 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 
we receive the renewing of our minds of our true identity in Christ Jesus. We are righteous. We are holy. We are without blame. We are complete. We are loved. We are empowered by Holy Spirit. We are filled with the fruit of the Spirit. We are filled with the love of Jesus. We have the mind of Christ. And we walk in that truth. We walk and live from that truth. In Jesus our Lord. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Karis New Testament Church. For more information or to contact us, go to www.karisntc.org. And remember, you are deeply loved, highly favored, and destined to reign in Christ Jesus.